Well, good day, folks. Uh, this is Ren from One Small Step. Welcome to our second podcast. Uh, we're very excited to be with you today. Uh, and in particular, my excitement stems from the fact that we have Mr. Mandla Madi with us today, uh, management consultant and businessman and owner and CEO of Biojula Services. Mandla, thank you so much for joining us today. It's an honor to have you. Thank you. Thank you, Ramai. It's Wonderful. good to be here too. Thank you. Uh, Mandla, just by way of introduction, would you mind sharing with us a little bit of your personal and professional journey up to this point? Yeah, sure, Rene. Um, I, I was born in a, in a little township um, in the east of Johannesburg um, in a town called Springs um, to a very caring family um, who brought me up with good values um, um, from which I think where, where, where I'm sitting now um, come from that, those values. Um, we started school in the township, um, quite involved until, until about um, passing JC at the time. I, I don't know what is, it is now, um, but I'm, I'm sure it's grade, grade seven or so. Um, and then I went to a boarding school in the, in the, in the Eastern Transvaal at the time, in a, in a town called Komatipurt. Uh, where I matriculated. Um, I, I really wanted to be a civil engineer at the time um, because um, um, I, I, I was competent in mathematics and, and, and science and I thought that would be the path that I took. Um, it was during the apartheid days obviously and uh, I uh, little did I know that I needed a permission uh, from a minister to study civil engineering at Birch University. So um, the minister did not grant me the permission. Um, I ended up at uh, University of, of the North, um, Tef Luop at the time, where I did um, pre-med, pre-medical studies, uh, which I failed dismally. Um, and uh, I was at home in the next six months, so I didn't finish the whole school. Um, it was during the, 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 the uprising at the time um, as well, so um, got involved in that. Um, but um, the, the idea of going to school has always been in the uppermost in my mind. Um, I registered with UNIST, I think, two years later uh, with mathematics and applied mathematics, um, which I continued for the next coming four years, I think. Um, when I was doing third year at UNISA um, um, uh, Mathematics and Applied Maths, I decided uh, through a friend of mine who said that, you know, learning is not about just reading theory and, and gadgeting it, but it's also about meeting other people and engaging with other students so that your world becomes, becomes, because well, I, I listened to, to that friend and I ended up at Rhodes University where I was admitted at second year level. I did mathematics and computer science um, at the time. Computers were, were, were really coming up and it was one of the exciting things that were happening at the time. Mm -hmm. That's why I chose that as, as one of my majors. Um, I graduated um, two, three years later there, um, came back, started working for a company called IMCO on, on the computer side of things. Um, as a programmer, um, which um, lasted a couple of a couple of years, about three four years, and then I left for for Adco Gingrim, where I stayed a long time as a business analyst, um, initially taking care of financial systems and later really production planning systems in the supply chain. The 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 um, interest on in supply chain started then. 
Um, we did some exciting things with new technologies that were coming up at the time. Remember automating the warehouse using RFID technology, which was um, um, top of the notch technology at the time, um, and, and project that became um, successful. I moved on and joined a, a London-based company called Rickett and Coleman. I think it's called Rickett and Benheiser now. Um, and I stayed through the cut over to, to the 2000 year, uh, which was hectic because there, there were a lot of speculations, especially around computers, that some of them were just going to fall down and never work again. Um, so we transitioned uh, um, at Kogingri, I mean, um, 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 Rickett and Benheiser through that process. Um, after doing that project, I felt that I wanted to do management consulting. Um, because I had worked with um, consultants from Ernest & Young going through some of the projects, sorry, projects that we did at the time. Um, I then had an opportunity, I, I actually applied to join either um, Anderson Consulting or Gemini at the time. Um, Gemini at, at, at at, at the time in South Africa, were more a strategy boutique um, consulting firm. Um, so I had to choose between a company that was, was totally strate strategy focused or a company that also included technology because I came from a technology side, the choice was easy to do and that is why I ended up at Anderson Consulting, which was um, an interesting um, 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 journey again because joining up as an experienced consultant um, um, is, is, is difficult because you don't know the culture, you don't know the, way, the ways of doing things, you have, you have your own ways of doing things. Um, and in companies like, like Anderson Consulting, like all the other big firms um, who are doing consulting, there is a culture that is embedded there, which is difficult to break sometime when you're coming from outside. Um, I never fully uh, naturalized at Anderson Consulting, um, but I, I had a couple of friends who, who were also looking at, at going out and starting their own thing. Um, eventually, I think three years down the line, we started a consulting company called Nogusa Consulting, uh, which was black owned and, and, and operated, and um, very exciting journey from then on. Um, I, I never went back to corporate, I've, I've been an entrepreneur since. Wonderful. Tell me, um, <clears throat> you mentioned that, uh, that the culture uh, at Anderson Consulting was something that you struggled with. Yeah. Is that something that, that, uh, that you can maybe divulge a little bit? Uh, and, and the reason for my question is we understand that culture plays a massive part yeah. in the performance of your team members. Yeah. Um, and so this is a journey that us as SCP are on to uh, to discover culture and to try new things and to essentially get the best out of, out of our people. Yeah. So I'm very interested yeah. Uh, to hear. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting topic because um, we, we, we had lots of deliberations um, around this and uh, Anderson Consulting at the time wanted to get this thing right. Um, but but um, I, I think it, it, it has its own structural problems and, and, and these are the problems that I saw at the time. Um, these are companies that are built uh, for people that start at ground level. As, as an analyst, you really get trained in the way, um, in, the, in the Anderson consulting way of doing things, basically. So, and that becomes culture of the company. And if you did not start that early on, you, you won't be able to, 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 to settle in, in that culture. It is a very strong culture. 
um, and that is that 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 what makes it difficult to penetrate um, often. Um, um, so, so most of the people that get hired as experienced consultants or managers, they, they battle because um, they, they, they know other ways of doing things mm -hmm. and, and probably right ways of doing things because it doesn't mean that that culture was absolutely right. And I, I had a lot of discussions with some of the senior managers at Anderson at the time that you know, it, it needs to be flexible to allow new ideas to come into the firm because you are a consulting firm, you want to be at the cutting edge, you want to have all these different people coming from different backgrounds um, contributing to this. Um, it's, it's a project that did not really succeed well because they, Anderson Consulting and I guess other consulting firms at the time, um, wanted to induce experienced people into into bringing that different culture um, but but um, um, they did not make the structures of the company to accommodate that well um, so it became difficult um, 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 to do that um, but it was it was interesting because we argued around it and we gave our views and um, 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 I know that um, later on there was some success and it probably uh, was because of the discussions and the engagements we had earlier on with them. Thank you. Uh, I'd just like to say at this point that we're, we're not here to, to knock <laughs> anyone in particular yeah. uh, and definitely not Anderson Consulting. So the, the different cultures work at, at, uh, in different environments and, yeah. and, uh, yeah. and so we're, we're not, this is not a witch hunt on, yeah. on bad culture. Um, I think this is a, a well-known fact that, that uh, if there's a golden thread uh, to be seen between successful people, it's that they read. Yeah, yeah. What books are you currently reading or what have you read recently? Well, um, 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 I'm reading a couple of books and I've gone to some old English classics like The Mayor of Casterbridge, which is a, a book that I really did not understand when we did it as a, as a set book back then. Um, I think it was in standard 10 or so. Um, um, so I am reading that and fascinating to go back to that world again. Um, different perspective. Uh, but there are a couple of other books that I'm currently reading. Um, there's a mathematical history book called um, Femet's Last Theorem. Um, this, this is a theorem similar to the, um, to the, um, the, to the popular theorem um, by Pythagoras. I'm sure everybody knows Pythagoras then. So if you substitute the twos on the on the on the on the Pythagoras theorem or equation and put an N and N stands for one up to whatever number, um, that's the that's the problem that uh, Fermat, um, a French mathematician, um, solved and, and destroyed all the evidence and put a challenge to all mathematicians out in the world um, to to try and solve this problem. And they were very uh, many important um, uh, mathematicians, including Leonardo Euler, who tried this and, and solved part of it because some parts were, 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 were difficult to solve. For, exa for example, um, he, solved, he solved it on, on, on whole numbers, on rational numbers, but he couldn't crack it on irrational numbers because N stood for everything. All the, all the numbers that you can dream about. So very fascinating um, 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 recollection of, of mathematical history and all the, 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 the I'm inspired by mathematicians um, including um, the late Oliver Tambo who was also a, a, a profound mathematician um, but um, Leonardo Euler um, stands out, out for me as one of those 
um, um, very great mathematicians and he inspires me all the time in everything that I work. I also read other classics like The Troubled Empire um, is one other book that I read. Um, very fascinating book as well. So when, um, in general, when one meets someone new, there's a little bit of a, a let's feel each other out and get yeah. to know each other and, and you'd like to think that, uh, that you could have a, a well-sustained conversation with this person, but when you started speaking about Pythagoras, I realized that I was boxing way below my feet. <laughs> uh, incredible mind. It's, uh, it's fascinating to hear. Uh, let's dive into, into some procurement uh, questions. Um, so we'd, we'd like to title this, this episode Digitalizing Procurement, uh, which is something that you know a lot about. And so this term is being thrown around. If, if, if you're following uh, what's happening uh, around the world, digital, dig, digitalizing procurement is, is, is a term that gets thrown around. And I think it can get a little bit messy and one doesn't really have a handle on, on what it means because everything moves forward so quickly. Can you help us demystify the term digital procurement or digital transformation? Yeah. Um, so, so I, I, my view, and 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 I've read quite quite a lot on the subject as well. Um, and 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 the perspective really convergent, if I can summarize, is that um, we're living in a world where there, there's a number of gadgets that that lie around devices that that can talk to each other if you you want to. And 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 digitalization is really that 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 um, capability. Um, to make different devices talk to each other in one way or the other, giving you information that will assist you um, in the business sense in making decisions that are right. Um, so um, maybe let, let, let me bring it closer because it, it may be still complex if you say different devices. Sure. I mean, everybody's got smartphones today and we know the power of smartphones. Um, you can integrate the smartphone, you can... Um, on your emails, you can get your emails, for example, on, on your smartphone. Um, there's quite a lot of um, activities within procurement that requires uh, managers, for example, to authorize certain things. Um, and if they are not in the office, that you know that 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 permission stays until that person is back. Um, but with 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 current technology we have, you could you could fire. An, an email directly or a workflow to, to that person and that person can authorize and it comes back it, 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 it updates all the records in the, in the in, in, in your uh, software application and, and, and there you go. So um, it cuts all the red tape um, um, you know to, to, to a bare minimum. Um, but it's more than that. Um, as, as a procurement specialist, I believe that um, and, and um, unfortunately a lot of of people have looked at procurement one direction as as a cost saving um, function or tool, if you like. Um, but I see it more than that. I think it's 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 a lever you can use um, to to even change the products that 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 you sell. And and GE as a company has, has used that quite 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 extensively. Where procurement people who understood the supply market well. Um, we're able to to bring new ideas into into the products that um, that that um, GE was able to sell at very low costs later on. So it's a business imperative function. It's not it's not a support function. Mm. You can change things through procurement, but you have to do it right. Sure, sure. So eighty four percent of procurement organisations believe that 
uh, procurement digi digitalization, I'm struggling with that word, yeah. uh, is necessary, but only 32% have adopted a strategy to get there. Yeah. When you started your career, procurement was still very much, I, I would imagine, archaic, yeah. bit of a cart and horse operation. Yeah. How have you seen procurement evolve? And where do you think the opportunities lie to unlock value in the South African context? So, well, I started in procurement when really everything was paper-based. Mm -hmm. You needed lots of storage to store all sorts of papers that has to, got to do with, 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 um, with procurement. Sure. Um, you can imagine if you wanted a document after this, in, in, in this myriad of documents, um, it, it took an awful lot of time to get to get to those documents because you, you simply have to go and and be in that storage area and page through certain documents to get to that document. Um, digitalization um, says that you get that document instantly as you require it. So that's the it's a big difference. It, uh, right there, there's efficiencies in terms of in terms of time that you take doing this. Um, but if you also do procurement well, and, and if you've got digitalization, you then free up your procurement personnel to focus more on strategic things to do. Strategic, it's, 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 it's understanding well how you procure certain categories of spend, um, how, 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 how the supply market is, is, is made up, how the supply market is likely to change in the future. Um, you need to understand those things to, to, to have um, a good impact. On, on, on a procurement organization that you're running. Um, so, so we've seen that change, and I'll give you an example. And of course, there was introduction of ERP systems, which automated certain processes. But that is not good enough. I've given you an example of, of an authorization process. You couldn't do it with an ERP system. You needed the manager to be in the office to authorize the thing doesn't have to be there because the, the, the ERP system in a server somewhere, uh, whether hosted in a cloud or, 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 or on-premise in, in an office somewhere, you are able to make that server talk to the, to the gadget, which is your smartphone in mm -hmm. this instance. Um, that's the big change. So the time lapse for the, for the manager to do the authorization, uh, which sometimes took five days because he's either sick or is traveling um, or she's traveling, um, it, it, it happens instantly now. You can get the message anywhere in the world and you can authorize um, 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 and, and give authority to whatever that needs to be done. Sure. Uh, we, we're just involved with a project recently in one of the um, um, large revenue services companies in South Africa where, where we, we, we integrated an SAP procurement solution uh, which had um, um, e-tendering capability to, to, to a central supplier database which is managed by the treasury um, um, in the country instantly. So, so the system can check um, compliance on an instance before a, a, a purchase order is, is, is given to the supplier. So the, the high benefit for the revenue services was that um, they dealt they pretty much deal with, with um, all suppliers that are compliant um, from a tax point of view. So it's an extra benefit that they got out of, the, out of digitalizing procurement. Brilliant. It's almost like, uh, uh, you know, if, if you think now, <clears throat> uh, you, you and I grew up where there were no mobile phones, for instance. Yeah. And you think back 
on your life and you think how on earth did i survive did i survive <laughs> you know absolutely and, uh, and it's amazing how, how, how it seems like most uh, uh technology is like that so yeah. i think this relates to to procurement digitalization i'm sure 50 years from now we'll will when they bring, we'll laugh when, when they bring back in the world if you you you're dead already um, <laughs> um you would not recognize the world sure because it would be different absolutely yeah. So although I'm sure we can agree that digital procurement is no longer an option, but a necessity, how wide has adoption been in the South African market? And uh, what are the obstacles to digitalization becoming the norm? Yeah. It, it, it's, it, it's been slow. Um, um, mo most of it is, is driven by, by, by cloud-based applications now. Um, the uptake of, 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 of cloud in South Africa has been, has been slow. Um, but um, like like most technologies, we, we sort of follow other countries in, in the in the in the, and um, I, I I deal with public procurement quite quite extensively. Um, the, the 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 government is also jittery to 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 and 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 sometimes it's difficult to conceptualize this to have a cloud sitting in Prague in Europe somewhere that holds data that belongs to a South African government sure. just doesn't 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 sit well. In terms of in terms of security, mm -hmm. but I believe that cloud-based solutions are the most secure um, um, solutions that we have, more than the on-premise solutions. Um, but it's difficult to get people to see, you know, uh, um, 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 through that because mm -hmm. it's not an easy concept to, especially sure. where you are a custodian of certain sensitive data and mm -hmm. so on. So, and some of the of the of the of the history that we has had like the WikiLeaks and all of that, um, people are, are still jittery with the technology. But I mean, they bring all the efficiencies. Um, in, the, in the end, I think people will realize that, you know, they, there is really no fear in putting the data there because it, it's as safe as anything else. And you can then benefit from all the, um, um, the good things that um, digitalization or cloud-based solutions bring. Sure. So digital procurement's claim to fame is delivering real value to an organization yeah. as opposed to not real value. Although we'd all like to think that we see real value as more than just savings, yeah. savings is still the bottom line. Yeah. What does delivering real value mean? And how can we as procurement professionals help procurement become a professional function that unlocks real value for organizations? Yeah. I mean, think think of it this way from a cost-saving perspective. Um, 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 it, and, and again, I'm going to go back to public procurement. Um, you you have this tender that 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 there's um, 500 suppliers who, who who want to do this thing. Um, a tender document, give or take, would be about 60 60 pages. Um, you have to print. Um, 60 pages times the number of suppliers that you have to, to, mm -hmm. to have there. Um, and then you, 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 you then get responses to those tenders, um, equal probably amount of tenders that come back. Um, it's a lot of paper that's mm -hmm. there. That paper required to be stored somewhere. Um, it's easy for some of the paper to get lost because it's a physical thing. And, mm -hmm. and, and if, if you don't have good control processes to store those documents, some of them could... So you open to litigation from suppliers who've, who've, who've responded back, um, but 
they simply can't simply find their, their documents mm -hmm. anywhere. Um, it takes a lot of time for people to go through 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 those those documents and so on and so on. So right there, I mean, it it takes thousands of people or hundreds of people to to do this work. Um, when 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 you have digitalization, none of that paper exists. So they they tend to send to everybody electronically, um, um, and then people respond electronically, mm -hmm. send it back electronically yeah. to the to the to the. I mean, they they they. You know examples that 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 uh, are devastated. I know of an instant where um, people were grieved about the tender process, went and bombed a tender box, so all the the, the responses were destroyed. Sure. Um, and 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 to 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 re-advertise this takes exactly the same amount of time that 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 you left. So so you avoid all of that because no one can go and bomb all the different computers everywhere in the world. So um, so there's there's quite a lot of savings that you get out of this. Um, um, obviously we, we still need to open our pipes, the data pipes in South Africa um, hopefully and I know that a lot of people are talking about opening the spectrum so that we can really get value out of out of these kinds of processes, mm -hmm. where we 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 stream uh, through large um, datas of, of 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 information through those pipes. So, <clears throat> usually, when a new technology is birthed or, or presented to the world, it's it's touted as the new savior yeah. of the world, and implement this, and and it's going to change your life or change the world. Or, yeah deliver value does going digital just mean implementing some fancy software or is it a combination of people processes and software and if it's a combination how are these elements connected and how does one streamline it all to ensure successful adoption uh, that's a good question Rene, because um, any any implementation is 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 a function of all those three things that you've mentioned um, there is no technology that will work without people and and uh, there is no technology that doesn't support certain processes one way or the other. So you have to have all of those working in 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 turn. It's 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 natural for people to 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 um, to to be afraid of change. It doesn't matter what kind of change it is. It is more so with technology because people really don't want to do things differently. Um, and I've seen this this throughout my life. Whether whether. Whether it's 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 clients that that we implementing solutions to, or colleagues that we work with, uh, once the new technology hits, um, some of them know that you don't have any other choice but to move into those technologies. But the fear of getting into the new things, mm -hmm. and so that's where change management helps sure. to 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 um, in a way put to sync all the three elements, um, the people on the one side, because they will be running this technology or overseeing the running of these technologies, and, and making sure that the processes are the right processes. Um, it, it does not help, and technology is, 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 is still um, um, blind in a way that you can put it to any processes. If you've got an inefficient process, technology will still work, but it will work inefficiently. Mm. So if you streamline those business processes and then um, um, underpin it then with, with, with technology, then you're getting the value of all those savings that you're talking about. Um, so there is no way, I haven't, I have, I'm yet to see a project 
where 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 you don't bring all of those things um, that is people technology and processes together to to have a a successful implementation of new technology for procurement professionals listening and thinking yes this is something i really want to start exploring how do you see organizations make the business case for an investment in digitization uh, it is in general an extremely expensive move uh, we all know that the value derived from that is is uh, is immense, yeah. um, but it, it is quite a thing to get past the board. Yeah. Um, how do you make the business case? Yeah. So, so the, the the business case would be a function of 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 if you like a maturity curve, either 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 a a a. Um, a country or an organization um, and and relative to to where you are in the position of of, of the of the maturity curve um, in South Africa and if you look at public sector in particular where where I spend time trying to fix things um, there's quite a lot of structural things that you have to to, to do um, I don't think that you reach a certain maturity if you, you 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 still have a lot of a lot of things that 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 are not right so the processes are important. Governance is important. Um, um, our country in recent times have been plagued by lots of corruption. So to uh, procurement requires ethical people, people who, who would act in the best interest of the, of the, of the communities or, or, or the companies that they're working for. Um, so you need to fix all of those things before, before you can talk about the, the, the value of, of, of doing this. It's, it's interesting some of the work that we've done on digitalization. Um, some people have seen it as, as something that is not going to benefit them in the long term because suddenly things are going to be transparent. Yeah. They thrive better if things are not transparent as, yeah. as, as opposed to being transparent. So, so once all of those are bedded down, um, I'm talking about this because um, um, I was asked to sit in, in, in a committee, an ethical committee, um, in the Interim um, Public Procurement Council um, that is in anticipation of the Procurement Act that is coming in this country that will try to streamline and professionalize procurement um, as, 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 as a profession. Um, so obviously ethics plays a, a big role in that. So mm. it's an important part of procurement and this country needs it more than anything um, to, 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 to lay that foundation that, that we can then build on all the good things and, 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 and take advantage of digitalization. Mm. Um, I think it's the best thing that has ever happened to, to humankind. Um, in, in recent times, digitalization, and we've got to embrace it. Wonderful. Mandla, thank you so much for your time. It is an honor uh, for me to meet you and to speak with you. Thank you for sharing your wealth of knowledge and your, your perspective with us. You're welcome, Remy. Thank you. Uh, this is Ren from One Small Step signing out. Uh, please catch us next week uh, for our next episode. Take care. Bye-bye.